So, how many are alive in America today? On the world today. <laughs> and one of those things that happens to us from that moment we are born is we, we begin to be barraged with reasons to be upset. Do we not? <laughs> Why do we have to call the ambulance? Because the baby doesn't have the diaper changed, doesn't have food in the tummy, right? And what, what, what are they? They're getting upset, aren't they? Let me have it. Let me have it. Right? <laughs> and the more we grow, we never grow out of it. We are always barraged with somebody did something to me. Something, somebody. And, and, and with that is either the development of an ability to handle it or to retaliate. And with everybody, there is a response to offense in our life that is, that is inappropriate. Right? <laughs> so, how do we deal with this? How do we deal with these things? And there's a worldly response that's really obvious right now. There's a lot of things going on in the world. People have been done wrong. But responses sometimes and very commonly are more dangerous than the original thing that was noticed. Is that not true? <laughs> so, my dad likes to tell this story. My dad tells some wonderful uh, stories from my childhood that I don't remember quite as well as he does. And, <laughs> and we had this, we had this uh, neighbor kid across the alley. Uh, actually, he was across the street when I was growing up, and he used to bully me. And uh, I'm only like five or six, I think. And uh, Dad loves to tell this story. He said, you don't let him do that anymore. Next time he does it, he said, you just wind up and hit him right in the nose. My dad said that. Dad said that. And he said, to his delight one day, he heard that boy running down the alley, just screaming and hollering, and I had done what my dad told me to do. <laughs> and he never bullied me again. <laughs> Sometimes there's an appropriate response like that, but a lot of times that boy found out that the response could be worse than what he was doing, right? <laughs> And that's what can happen. So the, the, the problem is for us, though, uh, this, this response isn't, this, anytime offense comes, there's an opening for us to enter into transgression ourselves. that is very dangerous. And to just analyze, just psychoanalyze, and to just come up with a philosophy of how to handle this, it's just a human way of doing things that is oftentimes very ineffective in itself. In fact, a lot of this is taking place right now. And I'm not going to go into details on stuff because you can be on either side of things and be reacting in a way that's inappropriate. Right? I'm so thankful that we have an example for us. We have another, another way of doing things. Let me just go through these. I've already talked about these, but i got a few little bullet points. Can we do this together here? To be alive is to be faced with endless opportunities to be offended, rejected. How many have been rejected? Oh, my goodness. And it's really hard to let that go, isn't it? 
frustrated, angered, and just in strife. But what does the Bible say about strife? Every evil work abounds there. Huh. So that means if, if you've got a problem with any kind of behavior that's out of line, according to what the Word says, its origination, its root, was actually you being offended by something. Is that right? This is the greatest threat to relationships, right? Organizations, societies. That's what our, our country's going through right now in a big way. It's a, it's a society problem. And what the enemy does, and you can know it's an enemy anytime strife is used to try to accomplish something. There's a very good chance that its origination and its end are not going to be good either one. Does this make sense? Okay. I'm so thankful for the word. Aren't you thankful that we have an answer? Amen. We'll get to this. This is good. It's in the response that either life or death reside. How we respond to these things that all of us are going through determines whether or not there's going to be life as a result of it or death. And what's really cool is, is the thing that's meant for evil can be turned for good if your response is right. Amen? Okay, one more. Only with love that disallows self-consideration can life arise and remain. So Pastor Kim referred to this already this morning in prayer and then again right now. She said, you know what? <laughs> I referred to a baby in the ambulance. What's, when does that change? When that baby rises up and now they have their own kid? You know? How many notice that when... When you went from thinking you knew all about having kids and complaining about how other kid, kid, people raise their own kids to having your own kid, humility kind of settles over you and you say, maybe I don't know everything after all, right? <laughs> Plus, the biggest thing that happens with kids, if you're not just irresponsible, is that you become responsible. And what is responsibility? Letting go of yourself. Right? So any of these threats that come against us, as long as we're considering ourselves, they will be a root for strife, won't they? They will be a root for something that's going to be much worse than the original offense. Okay? All right. Oh, I had another one. I thought that was it. In God's love, the action and defense of true there is the action and the defense of true love. Now, we'll get into this. This is kind of interesting. You know, sometimes when we think about love, and, and the world has kind of taken over the thought of love. I, I was going to, so the notes for this are actually in the app. And when, when, you do the, when I do my notes uh, for the app, I get, a, I, I get a nice graphic, you know, to put behind there. And I'm going to my graphic source, and I went through pages and pages to find this one. And what it is, it's a, it, I don't know if you're looking at it or if you can look at it. It's, it's, a, it's a, uh, a crown of thorns on a Bible that the, the, the shadow of it looks like a heart. So I finally found something. 
that have something to do with God. All the other stuff, you know, it's somebody kissing somebody or somebody with their dog or something, you know. It, 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 it's, it's the world's perception of what love is. And what love is to the world is just how you feel about somebody based upon what they've done nice for you. So when that's good, you fall in. <laughs> when that's bad, you fall out. And you find that you have irreconcilable differences, which is just, it's, it's like an oxymoron when it comes to love. Because love has not, it requires differences for it to actually be applied. Love has nothing to do with how you feel. <laughs> nothing to do with how you feel according to the word of God. And thankfully, the love of God has nothing to do with how I've ever made him feel. Amen? <laughs> Can we be honest about that? <laughs> All right. All right. I got a lot of stuff here. Can we be together on this? We're going to acknowledge God a little bit more. Can we do this? I'm so thankful that, that we don't have to, to just go to God with what we want from him. We go to God to just observe him. Can we just observe God some today? I'm telling you what, this has been life to me. To just observe God and to be transformed in that observation. Amen? As long as my focus is on me in the presence of a great I am, I'm not seeing the great I am. I'm only seeing something I want from him and I miss out on him. You know what? We know what I'm going to say here this morning, but I just pray that we can see this and encounter God in this today. Amen? God is the great I am. He's everything else we've been talking about and acknowledging him. But he's not, he doesn't just love. He is love. And nobody that's ever been born will really know love until they just initially accept that he is love. There's all kinds of people trying to tell us what we're supposed to love and we're supposed to ex and what they that means to them is just accept. And we're going to see this. God loves us so much that he doesn't accept the way we are. Aren't you glad? If he just accepted the way we are, he would have never sent Jesus. Would he? That's not love. Saying you you are the way you are? No. He sees the way he made us. And he says, I have to love you so much <laughs> that I'm going to send my son so that you can change. Amen? That's what love is. And it's not, I just, I, I just, I have warm feelings for you. I, I offer up prayers for you. That's my love for you. No, it says I'm going to put action to something here. Amen? <laughs> so let's go through these again. You remember my, my three, you call these postulates? I don't know. These, these three, <laughs> these, these, these three uh, uh, ways of acknowledging God. What is that? Acquiring a knowledge of God that is actually real. It's not enough to just have the information. It's not enough to just simply, but, but it, man, it starts in a huge way. And I just said that. It starts in a huge way in just recognizing that God is love. Just standing back and looking at him and saying, wow, that's what love is. That's God. Amen? 
Because until you do that, you're not drawn into a place to actually be impressed with him as being love. Amen? If God's actually going to be love in our life and make any difference at all, we're going to have to, first of all, accept that he is. Then we're going to have to honor him as love. And then we're going to have to allow ourselves to not just say, it's really cool that God is love, but to say, he's given me his nature. Now, I don't have any excuse. Amen? I have the nature of love. So now I'm going to have to say, what is the God kind of love? What does that look? How does he love? Amen? Now, I did a whole series on this. What was it, last year? And yeah. <laughs> I'm working on a book on it. But I want to look at it just, just for acknowledging God today in light of what we just said. Because in all of our lives, we require God, if we're not going to encounter the things that are flooding in upon us, you know, there's some things that are, that are very possibly going to come against us as a church. And if we respond in kind, we will not be the church. We have to respond in love. Amen? We have to know our God as love. We, in fact, for us to be able to even perceive and resist what the enemy's wanting to do in these last days, we're going to have to be walking in love with regard to our brothers and our sisters right now. Amen? We're not going to have to say, I've been done this way, so now it's enabled me to enter into this kind of substance abuse because I, I've been hurt. I, I, I'm going to just take care of it myself. I can act in such a way. I can be a recluse. I can re withdraw into myself. In fact, I'm being told I'm supposed to stay home, so I might as well stay home, you know, and just, you know, and just become something that is, 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 is not helpful and definitely not a resistance to the darkness. Amen? So we have to respond to this God we're worshiping by becoming like him, okay? So recognizing God is love. I'm just going to go through some of these. We're going to get some really good stuff out of this. Are you excited? Do you want to stand up and say woohoo or something? All right. All right. Love. It's God's defining characteristic. <laughs> He's a lot of things, isn't he? But I think, I'm thankful that really what defines God is love. Jesus said, you'll fulfill all the things that you need to have as a behavior in your life if you will just know God and his love. Amen? 1 John 4, 8. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. I know we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves a little bit because it will change us. But there is no knowing God without knowing that he is love. This is really cool because... This is not something he's trying to be. He's not working on it. He's not trying to just walk in love in spite of what he's going through. No, he just is love. Amen? <laughs> he's abounding in love. Forgiveness. Now, this is a really interesting. I referred to this, I believe it was last week. It might have been on Wednesday when, when we were talking. But remember uh, Moses going to the, to the mountaintop. 
And this is actually his second trip. Remember what happened the first time? He comes down off the mountain and he's got the Ten Commandments. They've been written on stone by God, you know. And he comes down and, and they built a golden calf. Man, they, were, they must have been really fast. Either that or he was just really slow. Because, <laughs> I mean, he just came down off the mountain. And now they're worshiping this, this, this golden calf. You know what? These people did not know their God yet, did they? They had this vacancy inside that, that Moses was the one that was going to lead them to him. But it, it, wasn't it sad how precarious they were in their relationship with God? It's because they had been living in, in Egypt for so long. Their security was actually slavery. They wanted to go back. And Moses, in the middle of this, he's trying to take them to a promised land. And he goes up the second time and he says, I got to go back again. I got to go back and get that. And this time he says, God, I have to know you. I have to see you. It's not enough to just know about God. We have to see God. We have to be transformed in the, in the photosynthesis of God in our life. Amen? We have to be transformed there. So remember he goes up and, and he says, God, I have to see you. I have to see you. If I'm going to be able to lead these, if we're going to be able to go in and, and do everything that you said we're going to do, we have to have you. Don't you like that heart? Man, we have to get this heart. God, I am not living without you. I'm not living without knowing you. I'm not living without being transformed by you day by day. Amen? You know, God's not just going to do stuff in our life if we're not desperate for him. He's not going to go by. He's not going to have a move in this body unless we're saying we have to have it. Amen? This isn't something that can just be a once a week deal. This is why we've been praying every day at noon. We require God in our lives. And you know what? Every day at noon isn't enough. We have to be looking. We talked about this on Thursday with the men. It's like we got to be watching. You watch for what you want. You're going to get what you're looking for. Amen? If our, if our gaze is on this world, we're never even going to see when God's ready to show up let alone wanting to. Amen? So Moses, he's up there on the mountain. You thought I just left him there, right? And he passed in front. So here's God. He says, okay, I, I will show you myself. Man, listen to this. This is interesting. And he passed in front of Moses. This is God. Can you imagine? This will really be fun to get a replay on this one. God's actually talking here. God's talking. He's talking about himself in the third person. He's saying, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God. Do you think he's just being self-righteous? Do <laughs> you think he's just trying to be puffed up and, and toot his own horn? <laughs> he's declaring who he is. Slow to anger, abounding in love. And faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands. And forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. This is God's love. But look at this. He does not stop here. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. 
He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation. This does not sound like that loving God we were just looking at. Or the loving examples that our world wants to see in what they call love. Does it? And yet God, love does not work without punishment. Did you know Jesus only came because there was a requirement of punishment? He didn't come just because he loved us. He came to take our punishment. Amen? Now, God forgives anybody that comes to him. Amen? That's what he's talking about in these, in these verses right before. Here's what love is. It forgives anybody that wants it. Anybody that calls on the Lord will be saved. Right? But on the other hand, he says, but I have to punish those who don't even want it. It has to happen. And here's what you don't know is your little selfish not wanting turns into an, a rippling effect. It affects your children, their children. It becomes a generational thing. You bring a curse upon those who follow you, those upon who you touch, right? It becomes infectious, a, a disease. But we don't have to be that way, do we? We have a God that's abounding in love. But here's where we have to get in this, is we tremble in the, in the light of his love. Amen? It becomes something we are desperate to not let pass us. Amen? Ah, this is essential for us right now. We have to be a part of the answer. Amen? This... this Threat of the enemy, these fiery arrows that he sends against us, we have to be very defensive against them. Amen? And what we're talking about this morning is the only way. Not just studying something, not just going through a course. It's only in knowing God. The love of God. Love's forgiveness is assured with the call. So I've already said this, but I wanted to put it right here because we don't just see that he's going to punish, but he's ready continually to forgive. You, Lord, are forgiving and good, abounding in love to all, all. Man, I want to be in the all. Amen? And you can become passive in this and you can say, yeah, God just... He, he's, he's loving and forgiving. In fact, his grace is so great that you don't even have to call. And there's nowhere in the Bible, is it? No, you have to call. You have to, that's, that's what love is. Amen? The completion of love is the reception of the provision. Amen? So right here, and I love this, right here, right now, anywhere is God's love. This is this is a revelation that we have to take to heart. Amen? Because what the enemy wants to do is he wants to shoot an arrow at us. <laughs> do you ever get this? You know, somebody does something wrong, and you can feel the cloud of darkness come over you right away, can't you? 
Uh, let's just all be honest here, right? We, we, we cannot be breathing and living without having offense come our way. Right? And what happens as soon as that darkness settles, as soon as we receive of it and we start to enter into that realm of darkness that it, that it brings upon us, and it doesn't matter if you've been born again, every time you allow that window of offense to be opened up, you enter into a realm where you are turning off the light of God's grace. Amen? Amen? And what you have to know, what we have to get in our hearts, is especially at that time when we are ready to respond in a way that's not right, is that God's there, right there. He's there. He's there to be love. Amen? It's the answer. Anything you do in response, no matter how well-deserved, is just going to take you on the cane route. Right? I think I'll just kill him. You ever, is that anything close to that ever gone through your mind? It's like, you know. <laughs> I think I've seen one of your posts that might have reflected that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You know, sometimes I think we do actually have to be careful what we just kind of let go sometimes because... It, it is a release of a response that, that's not from above, is it? And we don't realize what, what, a, what an opening were made. I was just teasing. I'm sorry. Don't get offended. I, mean, just, <laughs> I don't want to inspire any more posts, all right? No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All right. Romans, let's go to the next passage, all right? That's a good time for that. All right. Romans 8.35. <laughs> Come on, you can, you can laugh a little bit, y'all. All right. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Don't you love this? This has nothing to do with you. This has nothing to do with what anybody has done to you. Amen? And so it becomes a factor no matter how deep how dark, how effective the wrong has been. Nothing will separate you. Now, when I've read this before, I've always looked at it, oh, it's for me, it's for me. It's, and you know what? If we'll be honest here, it is for you, but it's not going to look like it at that moment. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's, in fact, this is why you need to hear this right now is because you need to bring, you bring, bring it up by faith at the moment when it does not feel like it's even, you can't even get it in your mouth. Amen? But you need to know that nothing that you're going through is separating you, is effectively separating you from the answer that you have in the love of God. Amen? Shall trouble, hardship, persecution, sounds like what we've been talking about, doesn't it? Famine, nakedness, danger, or sword. Okay, so you got all these things coming at us in the form of offense, right? All these things that are being done wrong to us. Persecution is rejection, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> bullying, my little friend across the alley, right? 
And then the very natural things, when we begin to have difficulties because something isn't available to us in the natural, it can be something where we can, we can feel, why me? The book of Job, right? <laughs> why me? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we... I love this passage, don't you? I like saying we're... We are more than conquerors, overcomers in this life. And you know, it's very true. But if you don't know this part of it, it's just a fig newton of your imagination. Smile just a little bit, please. Okay. All right. No, in all these things, all these things, which are plenteous, Plethoras. (laughs) Plethoras. <laughs> we are more than conquerors to him who loved us. Amen? For I am convinced. How did he get this way? He knows his God. He knows the love of God. Amen? He knows his God as love. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know what? This is, this is whether or not you even accept Christ. His love is there for you. Amen? But for us, we have Man, we have an, this is our defense. This is our help, isn't it? That no matter how greatly I feel defeated, the love of God is right there. Why is that necessary? Because your response has to do with your winning or your getting overcome. Amen? And your response is where God will help you. God is love. And so I just want to hit this because, you know, we're, we're familiar with this. But what is God's love? <laughs> so God is love. What is that, okay? And we, we're familiar with this, but I'm just going to hit it real quick. This is what God's love is going to look like, all right? God, love is. And, and, and if you look at this, uh, I, I said this a little bit earlier. But love isn't just what you're doing this way. It's what you're not allowing to do this way. It's offense and it's defense. We had a guy in high school that I admired very much. He was a year older than me. He was the, he was the athlete of the year, his senior year. He wrestled. He won state in wrestling. We won, we won state in football. And he was in my position ahead of me in football. And needless to say, I only played, I only started one week when he wasn't able to play. Um, Dad has some stories I don't remember, so... Uh, uh, but that, that, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> that was my senior year. I did, I did more of that. But, um, yeah, Mike Hendricks. And, and the, the amazing thing about Mike Hendricks is, is he played both sides of the line. He played offense. He played defense. He, 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 didn't, he didn't come out of the game the whole game. You know, it's like love, when it's God's love, is like that. It's on both sides of the line. It's going forward, and it's keeping things from coming your way. Amen? So when we're looking at these, let's look at this. It'll say what love is, and then it'll say what it isn't. 
Because it's so, it's so important for let, to, to let love repel and say no. Amen? And this is what we get in God. Aren't you glad? God doesn't get offended. Love is patient. And this goes to how long I've been going through something. My kids like to tell me, or Braden, he's like to say, well, I've been wanting this for this long, so you better get it. You know, it's like, <laughs> if you're going through something long enough, you think it's your, it's your right to now retaliate if you've gone through it a period of time, right? Love doesn't have any end. Love is kind. That means it's going to do things on purpose, right? But then it does not envy. That means it's not going to allow. A lot of times when we're getting offended, somebody got something we want, right? It does not boast. <laughs> what is boasting? That's trying to put yourself up above somebody else, right? It's, it's, all these are, are self things, right? It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not eager, easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil. That means it, it probably won't even watch a show where you, it requires you to enjoy watching evil. Right? But rejoices with truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Did that sound at all like what we hear love to be in our world around us? didn't sound like self-gratification at all, did it? There's no, there's no me in there. Right? It's believing. It's hoping for somebody else. And you can see how that's the answer. You know what? That's the answer for the world today? I mean, you can, there's a lot of songs written about it, but they don't, they're not talking about this kind of love, are they? They're not talking about knowing the love of God because that is the answer. It's not just how long you can keep a good feeling about somebody. It's how, it's how long you can keep be, from being offended by somebody and still do something kind for them instead. Amen? Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be still. Sometimes we say, I just want to be spiritual. I just want to be, I just want to be a flaky Christian. Let me run the aisles. Oh, that's gonna, you're gonna get tired of that. <laughs> Where there's knowledge, it will pass away. But love lasts forever, doesn't it? Amen? It will sustain. So let's look at this real quick. All right, I only, I only got to the, or to the worshiping part. There's some really good stuff here. So remember where I told you where, where uh, God was saying all that stuff about himself? And if you go down the very next verse, this is, this is what Moses did immediately. God's talking about his abounding love and how, how there's punishment actually associated with that. And, and Moses says, wow, I see you, God. I see you in your love. I see you in your majesty. And what did he do? First of all, he said he bowed to the ground at once and worshiped. It does no good to be exposed to the love of God and yawn and do nothing. Amen? There has to be worship associated with him, with this love. Oh, we have to become in awe of the love of God. 
been teaching Braden this one. He's finally got it. For God so loved, so loved that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him. What is believing in somebody? That's not just saying, oh, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, I believe in that. It's like that. It's like that. Uh, oh, I'll use this because I just feel like it, okay? Um, and show, show what it says. I believe in science. Nacho Libre. Yeah, Nacho Libre. <laughs> I believe in science. No, you don't. You don't even know what you're talking about, right? <laughs> Sometimes we say, I believe in God. No, you don't. If you don't know him, if you don't, if you don't experience that love, how do we see it in God? Do you know we don't deserve anything? We do stuff all the time that should offend this amazing, holy, uncompromising God that is ours. Amen? And it means nothing to you until you go to him and, and see how unworthy you are to even be there. And not only does he call you into his presence, he sends his own son to pay the price so that you can. Ah. Whoever believes in him, and I see that as worship. This is the gospel. You know, I, I was going to start off this way and I missed it. How, how many want some good news today? My wife was saying, man, we haven't had good news for at least a month, you know. <laughs> but there's good news right now, isn't there? The love of God is not subject to any of these things that are going on around us. Amen? And for us, it's an opportunity for them, for the love of God to be magnified right now. Amen? And it's actually imperative that it does because, you know, the, the, the saddest thing about this time we're in right now is people are dying of different things right now, but people are perishing and going to hell. And what are we doing about it? God cares about every single one of them. God cares about them, doesn't he? Yeah, he sent Jesus so they don't have to perish. How's that going to be imparted through us? Amen? But only as we're experiencing the love of God to the degree that we're not living in our own offense to so much so that we can't even respond when love is required. Does this make sense? Are you following me? Are you tracking? Yeah, all right. With expectant worship of God's love, there is protection. I like this one, don't you? Don't you, as we read this, uh, uh, the, 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 uh, the Passion Translation. How many have read the Passion Translation? I like this because it puts it over into the realm of worship, what we're talking about here. Human strength and the weapons of man are false hopes for victory. There's a lot of people that are putting their hope in things of man. Human strength, human wisdom, human wep weapons. You know, even in America today, we might have the greatest military there is, but it can be stripped from us very quickly just by a few ide ideological changes. And we can be, we can be uh, vulnerable to actually weapon threats if our hearts aren't right in the middle of this, okay? 
They may seem mighty, but they will always disappoint. How many have been disappointed in things of men? The eyes of the Lord are upon even the weakest worshipers who love him. Don't you like that? I think that's a passion thing there. How many have felt like a weak worshiper? You know what I'm excited about? Every time somebody says, help me, pray for me. What's happening? Every time somebody turns towards God, worship is taking place. Acknowledgement of God's love is occurring. Amen? And there is great hope in that. The possibilities are endless. Those who wait in hope and expectation for the strong, steady love of God. God will deliver them from death, even the certain death of famine which no, with no one to help. Don't you like that? Who's this available to? We said it earlier. It's to them who call on him. Not just call on him, say, hello, God, hello, God. It's like my, my niece is, uh, her name is Heaven. It's really bad for her because every time she answers the phone, it's, hello, this is heaven. <laughs> you know, sometimes I think we have almost that kind of a relationship with when we're calling on God, we're just kind of, hey, God. <laughs> but there's a worship call of God. Amen? Or God, I, I don't just want to know, I just want, don't want to just holler at you because I'm supposed to. No, I'm calling on you to be my source in this darkness. Amen? <laughs> All right. One more here. Worship of evil versus worship of God's love. This is going on right now, and we align ourselves with one or the other. Listen, O oh deceiver. Remember, David had somebody that, that deceived him and actually exposed him to his enemy. I like how David doesn't hold back too much. He doesn't say, I'll keep that one for myself. Uh, listen, O oh deceiver, trickster of others. Your words are wicked, harming and hurting all who hear them. Now, I believe that the enemy has a voice in the world today, and I'm not going to say too much more. I'll just make the correlation, okay? You love evil and hate what is good and right. You would rather lie than tell the truth. Pause in his presence. You love to distort, devour, and deceive using your sly tongue to spin the truth. But, but the Almighty will strike you down forever. There's an end to this. Who you worship is very important. Because the way things look right now is very insignificant to how they're going to be at the, in the end in who you decide to worship. Amen? He will pull you up by your roots and drag you away to the darkness of death. Pause in his presence. The godly will see all this and will be awestruck. Then they will laugh at the wicked, saying, See what happens to those great in their own eyes who don't trust in the Most High to save them? Look how they trusted only in their wealth and made their living from wickedness. I like the next because it takes us to where we can go, right? But I am like a flourishing olive tree, anointed in the house of God. I trust in the unending love of God. His passion toward me is forever and ever. Because it is, I like this, this phrase, because it is finished. 
what is finished is love. Amen? I will be praising you forever and giving you thanks. Before all your godly lovers, I will proclaim your beautiful name. I'm not just doing this alone. I'm doing this in the body. Are you with me this morning? All right. Let's just um, let's be transformed. I've got a few scriptures left here. Let's be transformed by the love of our God. Amen? Let's don't just receive it and, and, and see it as just being for us. Amen? I'm so thankful for it. I'm so thankful for that that Jesus loved me so much that he gave his life for me. But you know, the purpose didn't just stop with keeping me from perishing. It continued. God doesn't just do things on a small scale. He has a long-term purpose in what he's accomplishing, especially in his love. When he looks at us, does he just see us free from the bondages that are around us? No, he sees us functioning in his kingdom as if we were Jesus himself. Is this right or wrong? Good time to say that's right, Pastor. All right. All right. Titus 3. 3. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived. And enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. Now, here's, here's, here's what I want to go to here. It will change your life. There's one of the biggest insidious deceptions, lies that is going on in our world around us is the removal of your identity, of who you are. The enemy's wanting to come in and cause all kinds of questions about who you really are to the point that you're able to give up who you really are on a lot of different levels. Amen? But the love of God does not take you there. It says that's who you were. When you encounter what Jesus came to purchase for you, it will change your life. And this is where we have to get to. You are not knowing the love of God until it's transforming your walk, your life. Amen? And establishing within you that identity that he established in you from creation. Not something that somebody else puts upon you or you wonder about, but who you've been made to be in Christ. Not just a passion that you think now defines you. No. He says all this stuff. That's why you were. Enslaved by all kinds of passions. Passions aren't just wonderful, enjoyable things. They are for the moment sometimes. Anything we get caught up in. Oh, it's, it's a delight for the moment. But the wages of sin is death. And the gift of God is eternal life. Has been, is, always, will be. Amen? We lived in malice and envy. This sounds like the threats against love, doesn't doesn't it not? Being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior, now listen to this, I like this word, appeared. Did you know that it's here right now? It's here for everybody the world across. But it makes a change in the ones who view it, who see it, who receive of it, who are transformed by it. You know, 
those who behold the glory are changed. Not just see it, but behold it. There's an element of love. There's an element of adoration. Amen? But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared. Oh man, this is necessary. He saved us. He saved us. Salvation isn't just you get into heaven now and you can keep doing whatever you want to do and live however you want to, however you want to self-define or identify. No. He becomes your identity. It's no longer you that lives anymore. It's Christ that lives in you. Amen? He saved us through the washing of rebirth. You might have felt like you were born something else, but in Christ, you were born into Christ. Amen? And renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that, having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. That's, he, he said, we went from that old way that, that the world is trying to say is cool and right, and you better not, we'll cancel you if you don't accept. Right? So I've taken you from the bondage of that into a realm where now you're an actual heir of God. This is what love does when God is love in your life and you're acknowledging him as such to the point that he transforms who you are from that dark thing to the light thing that is love. Amen? Love's transformation, it's observed response Affected identity. Ephesians 2, 1. As for you, you are dead in your transgressions and sin, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh. You know what this is saying? That none of us are any better than anybody else that's living the worst thing right now. The only thing that separates us is our beholding of his love and honoring of it in our life. Amen? Even now, you as a wonderful Christian are nothing better than the worst sinner if you're not operating in the love of God. Is that too strong? Should I take that back real quick? Oh, okay. And all of us were there. If we only stole the Snickers. Any transgression, right? All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. What's he talking about? This very thing that I started from the top talking about. What are transgressions? When we sin, are we just sinning against somebody else? We're sinning against God. We deserve nothing. But his love, and that when we begin to see God as love, and we begin to encounter him and honor him as such, we are taken from the realm of responses that are worldly, detrimental, destructive, condemning, offensive. Amen? 
We're taken from that realm. That's no longer us. We cannot claim that anymore. We are not a part of that anymore. We're a part of the answer. We're a part of salvation now. Amen? We're a part of knowing God. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages He might show the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. What is that grace? That's something you did not deserve at all. But you know, sometimes we want to just think about the grace of God towards us, but He put grace inside of us to become part of our love language now. We give grace. If we've received it, we must give it. Amen? And this is not from ourselves. It's a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. This turns into our confession. Nobody has to do anything to deserve my love. Amen? It's by grace that I love. So now that becomes a great defense against the enemy. Now uh, those, those evil things that could come out of me in, in retaliation or response are completely disabled by the love of God. Amen? Because I've been taken out of that realm. I've been given a new life in Christ. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do what? Good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You know what? God cares about what we're doing. He cares if our works are good or not. He cares whether our works are evil or not. He didn't just send Jesus to just cover it all up and say it's okay. No, he wants good works out of us. And that's enabled in love. Amen? All right. Our love, only possible through knowledge, experience of him and love. 1 John 4.10. Can you tell I'm, I'm, I'm talking really fast here? I've got you in mind. I love you all. Okay. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us. And sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Man, I don't think we really, in fact, that, no. No one has ever seen God. <laughs> but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This is what we're talking about. Acknowledging God's love does not take place until it's complete in us. Through us. This is how we know that we live in him. And he in us, he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. This is the completion of the acknowledging of God's love. We don't know God's love until we're here. Amen? Until we're loving like he loved. In fact, it's as if Jesus shows up. Wow. Amen? There's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. When we receive the love of God, we, we, we get completely free of an assumption of punishment. And fear has to go completely from us. 
Amen? And then we begin to impart that ourselves. People in our life do no longer fear about what we're going to do to them. Even the thoughts we might have towards them, they become secure in our relationship. That's what love is, isn't it? Amen? It's not just the, those little candy hearts that we give out on Valentine's Day. That's not, that doesn't make you my Valentine. Amen? Love's transformation maintained. Okay, this is where I just want to end, all right? Can we breathe? Take a big breath. Because you need that oxygen for reception of what I'm going to say right now, okay? All right. Jude 1, 17 through 21. But dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They said to you, in the last times, how many would kind of think maybe we're getting closer to the last times? Like maybe yesterday was further away than now, right? They said to you, in last times, there will be scoffers who will follow their own ungodly desires. How do you keep from being one of them? These are the people who divide you. This is what offense always does is cause division. It cause, causes categorization. And in that, there is always peril. Who follow mere natural instincts and do not have the spirit. But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves... Keep yourselves. Who's going to keep us in the love of God? As you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you eternal life. There's a reason for the Spirit. It's the realm of the Spirit. It's the realm of love. When we pray in the Spirit, we're building ourselves up and keeping our hearts. The heart has to be kept. Amen? And by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Wouldn't it be a shame for us to not even be questioned? For us to not even be noticed as being any different? You think Jesus walked through the world and, and, and kind of nobody ever noticed him? Thought that he was different? <laughs> I think some people noticed that he went to the cross for sure. Right? There should be an action that comes from us. There should be a, a way of living that is, is not just about our spirituality, but the reflection of Christ. Amen. He, he, he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed. You know, he said, you're going to do the same things. How do we get to that place? He, his, his heart was moved by compassion when he healed people. You know why? It's because he was completely released from self, from offense, from the ability to retaliate in a way that would not be appropriate. And he was freed to express the love of God to people in need. Amen? And let, let's, let's be in His presence continually. Amen? Let's partake of our Father's love regularly. Let's walk in this together. 
And I encourage you, don't be alone. We're here to be a body. We're here to be there for each other. Amen. Just like God, though, it, it, His presence does nothing unless you avail yourself to it. You have to make yourself available to it. You have to become a part of it. Hallelujah. And, and be, be praying. I, I desire for our encounters here to be overwhelming. Amen. I believe the word of God. This, 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 this comes. Jesus said, my words are spirit in their life. I believe what we've spoken today it enables the spirit. But here's a very necessary thing for us today. Revelation about God, about who He is, about how He can be in your life has been presented to us today. Do you feel that's true? Amen? I mean, I spent time meditating on this and I get revelation just sharing it. Amen? But God is ready to take you to another level of revelation in your life that is dependent upon what you do with this. You don't go beyond what you're doing with what you have. Amen? I encourage us. We, there's no end to our expectations here. Amen? They're only limited by what we avail ourselves to. We will know our God. We will. And I just commit to you that this is where I'm going. And I just encourage you to, let's go together. We have a worship night coming up in a couple weeks. Let's, let's just get ready to just encounter God with that. Amen? I just want to come in and just, just sit in His presence and say, however long, God. Amen? I want, to have some, I, I want to have some prayer times where we come in the evening, we just take time, we just pray in the Spirit. We just usher in the presence of God. Amen? I don't want to, I don't want to play around anymore. Not that we have been. Amen. But let, let's take everything that we're getting and say, God, we, 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 we're doing it. We're doing what you've given us to do. Give us more. To him who has, more will be given. To him who says, I don't have. No more. 